Welcome to episode 70 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Insulin, makers of the Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. It's only, it's the only a lot of insulin pump. Only insulin pump you can jump into a swimming pool with, a bathtub, a shower. The only insulin pump doesn't have tubes on it. Only insulin pump that you don't have to carry a controller for. It's the only insulin pump that does a lot of things. In this episode, I speak with Sharon. Sharon has been a D-mom for over four years. Her daughter, Alyssa, was diagnosed around 2012. And I have to be honest, this was one of these conversations we just started and see, you know, to see where it would go. And it went in a lot of cool places. So, uh, you know, number 70 with Sharon, Alyssa's mom. Hello. Hello. Sharon? Yes. Hi, Scott. Hey, how are you? Fine. How are you? Our neighbor was watching her at the time. She would pick her up from school and watch her till we got home from work. Both my husband and I work. Mm -hmm. And she always made comments that she wouldn't, you know, she never drank much. You know, they'd go out and go to the park and do things. And then all of a sudden she started drinking a lot. I said, yeah, you know, I'm noticing that too. So I called our, uh, our daughter's pediatrician. Yeah. And I said, look, I think we have a problem here. Something's going on. They said, oh, no, no, she's fine. So after a few weeks, I started researching on the internet. And that's when I found I was pretty much hit like a ton of bricks because I was pretty certain she had type one and I never even knew what type one was. Yeah. So I called our pediatrician up, said, Hey, I think my daughter has type one. We need to come in and see you guys. And they said, hold on a second. And they went and checked her charge, said, Oh, she was seen a few months ago and everything was fine. We don't need to click. <laughs> so I'm sitting at my does, desk. Does your doctor have something against getting his copay? What's the problem over there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I never go to the doctor. Right. You never go. Unless, I mean, we have to be pretty sick to go. So it's not like you're calling him constantly and wanting to come in. No, never. Yeah, right, right. And so I'm sitting here thinking, this is unreal. I'm sitting at my desk. So 30 minutes later, I'm like, and I just knew, the core of me knew she has this. I mean, I just, without a doubt. So when you looked online, I, I assume you first were looking about like consistent thirst, but then did you see other things and, and started recognizing that you were seeing those too? Yes. Okay. Like what? Uh, like foods and a lot of going to the restroom at night. Yeah. She never used to get up to go to the restroom. And a lot of it was the drinking water. I mean, she just never drank anything. And now she's drinking tons. Mm -hmm. Just like insatiable, couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, insatiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she said, like our neighbor said, she'd go to the park and said, you know, she was so thirsty. She wanted to drink my Diet Coke and I let her have it. And she drank the whole thing. And I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> From not so, being able to talk or to drink. So now, do you yeah. get the doctor? Do you talk the doctor into letting you come in? So I called back a half hour later, and I said, look, I, I know there is something wrong. We need to come in. And this is like 3.30 in the afternoon. And they said, okay, your doctor's out, but we could see one of the other ones here. Come on in. And when we walked in, I think he smelled you know, her breath. I think he could tell right away. And I saw his face change. 
immediately. Yeah. I saw the look on his face and I knew right then that it was true. And it was her blood sugar was about 400. And we went to the uh, emergency center at, at Riley and they diagnosed her. And so did you have a, a hospital stay? Were you there for a bit yeah, of time? We were there for about two days and we learned how to give shots. You know, went through the whole standard procedure and right. I cried a lot. <laughs> There should be a special room for that, actually. <laughs> yeah. I remember the uh, person helping us shots, and she says, you've got to get it together. And I thought, no, I don't have to get it together. I know what this is. I've already, I've read up on this. I'm, I'm mourning. I'm, I'm going to cry. I know I could do this. I don't, I'm, I'm giving the shots. I'm doing everything I need to do, but I'm going to cry. I, I know what life is going to be like. I've read. Well, so so she 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 approached you and told you to pull yourself together. Were you crying in front of your daughter, or were you just crying privately? Um, mostly privately. Yeah, I yeah. mean, sometimes maybe tears would come out in front of my daughter. Completely you know, trying understandable. To hold them back. Yeah, sure. I, I, listen, I think that I don't think that it's ever a bad thing to be emotional in front of your kids. I mean, if you're you know, if you're laying in a pool on the floor for days, you're, you <laughs> stop being a good role model at that point. But, but to show your daughter, look, this is upsetting. I don't know that that's a problem really, y you know? So I've, I've had my daughter tell me, you know, this is really hard and, and you know, I diabetes sucks and all that stuff. And I don't stand there stoically and, you know, always go like, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, we, it's, you know, it's not going to be fine. You have diabetes now. So it's going to be fine after we figure out how to do it and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, there's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with your reaction. I think it's rather normal. And did you find yourself after that in the coming weeks and months, did you experience more of sort of the, the steps of grief, do you think? I think I did. Um, but I was able to pretty much contain myself. It was just inside mostly, you know, I, or I'd be driving and maybe I would cry. but. Uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, sometimes I think I was stuck in that acceptance stage for quite a while, probably. Right. Because I didn't want to accept it. I mean, I knew it was, and I talked to my husband about that and I said, well, why doesn't it bother you? more?" And he's like, it does bother me. He goes, but there's nothing we can do about it, but go forward. That's a classic guy versus girl response kind of yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, the house just burned down. What about another one? <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> we can't afford to, it doesn't matter. And so, um, <laughs> Well, so, okay, four years ago, did they talk to you about any kind of technology? Um, you know, no, nothing but like I'm that? an electrical and software engineer. Okay. So the first thing I did was I looked at these tools they gave us, the formulas and the, uh, the meter to check her blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And I went online and started researching. The first thing I came across was a continuous glucose monitor. And I thought, wow, this is what we need. So when I, during my research, this is back when Dexcom was, in the, they had the G7 available and I didn't think it was quite accurate enough for us, but I had read that they were going to come out with a G4 really soon. And so I knew we wanted that. So, so within you were a the, few months. I just yeah, want to, I don't want to correct you, but it was, was it the seven plus? Oh, the seven plus. And then yeah. the G4, right? Okay. So yeah. yeah, just so it doesn't get confusing for anybody. Yeah, yeah. That's where we started too at the seven plus. And it was. Well, we, we didn't get the seven plus. Okay. I waited for the G4 because it was going to be out. Shortly. Okay. And so you get that and with your background, what, what was your, what was your kind of plan of attack for trying to understand the management, the day-to-day -day style? Were you more math based or you, were you more like kind of 
feeling based. Like I, I would describe the way I do it is mostly by my gut. Um, yes. But but sometimes when people are very math based to begin with, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and she said that that very same thing. She said I'm just such an analytical person that it's hard for me when you tell me to just you know, how much insulin do you think it's going to take based on the, on what, you know, what it's taken in the past? She's like, that's such a hard thing to, to break away from. So how was it for you? We started out math based and we quickly realized that the formulas were just an about get you in the right spot. Mm -hmm. And so we shortly switched to the gut filling. In fact, we started counting carbs in the beginning, but now, right now we do insulin. Like I look at a grapefruit in the morning. I say, this grapefruit is going to be 2.5 units and a uh, pre-bolus for 15 to 20 minutes. And then I'll also do a temp basil for two hours of, you know, a unit. But if I do a grapefruit in the afternoon, I know that's about 1.8 units. It's different. Yeah, because of the time of day. And, and see, now that's, to me, that's fantastic that you figure that out in such a short amount of mm -hmm. time. It really is. Because I will tell you, first of all, you know, Arden was diagnosed 10 years ago. So we didn't have a lot of technology in the beginning. She was much younger at the same time. But I spent the first two years just like bumping into walls and staring, you know, and just trying to trying to figure out what you're talking about now. But with like just finger stick checks, like, you know, testing at odd times, trying to figure out what happens to blood sugar after you eat and after the insulin. But when you can see it on the glucose monitor, it's you get fast forwarded pretty quickly into into understanding better how the insulin and the food's affecting you. Um, yeah. but yeah, good for you. I mean, that's really fantastic because I would say the same thing, I, you know, I mean, I guess I look and go, you know, I, her, I packed her lunch this morning and I went through my head and I was like, eh, it's five, it's 10, it's nine. this is about 70 carbs. And still I can tell you that when the time comes at lunchtime, I don't think a 70 carb bolus is going to be close to right for that lunch. And, and I'll make an adjustment in my head then when we do it, like, like you talked about. And, and that more often than not, I'm usually pretty close. Yeah, I, I really think go with your gut. After you've done this for so long, you get a feeling for it. And I'm a strict believer like you are. It's, we don't like it to get to 200 because it's not a linear thing as far as dosing an insulin. The higher it gets, the harder it is to go down. Right. It's much easier to catch a low. So we kind of go off of that. And I think that's one thing that drove me to your side as I was researching in the beginning was we started right out right away adjusting our insulin dosage and doing things differently. We started stacking insulin, um, making you know, little bumps and things like that to try to keep her in range. Yeah. And I think that was out of the norm. So seeing someone else that also was doing that made it seem a little bit more right, like maybe we weren't crazy. Not feeling crazy is a big part yeah, of this. Okay. Yeah. Well, so like, I'll tell you, like last night's a great example. Arden had this, this like basketball thing last night that was not, we don't usually, she doesn't usually have during the week. It was later than it would have, it was like at 8.15 or 8.30 at night. And it only lasted for a half an hour. She had to get in the car, go across the street to the school, warm up with her team. They were doing this like free throw, three point challenge thing that was going to take all of 15 minutes. And then we were leaving. And... We're going out the door and she's like 94 diagonal down about an hour after dinner. And if that 94 diagonal down was an hour after dinner and we weren't going anywhere, I'd be like, wow, I've really done it. This is perfect. Like I know this is going to level out. Yeah. But going out the door, I panicked a little bit and I thought to myself, I'm going to cut her basil off for 10 minutes and then I'm going to mm -hmm. put it back on again, which is almost random. But 
you figure about a half an hour from then, if I was able to cut it back, maybe I'll cut a, you know, catch a low or, or something like that. And I was just trying to get ahead of it. But we go out the door. Then the little girl, the, her friend that was over, his mom didn't come on time. And then everything got kind of crazy. And before I knew it, she's playing basketball. And I never turned the basil back on. So I had it off for a half an hour. And she does the basketball. We get in the car. We're coming home. I, say, I see this diagonal up arrow. And I'm like, oh, damn. You know, so I had her bolus for the amount of basil that we had left off. And I thought, maybe that'll be it. But I was nowhere near that lucky. Because... 10 minutes later, it was 125 two up. And, oh. uh, and I was like, and you know, the numbers are, it doesn't matter the numbers, but I, and my wife and I had gone to the grocery store. Arden was at home now doing her homework and we ran to the store to grab a couple things. So I texted her and I said, bolus a unit. And 15 minutes later, it was 162 up. And I was like, bolus another unit. And, and my wife's like, what are you basing? She, my wife's like, what are you basing this on? And I'm like in the like aisle seven of the grocery store going, don't worry, it'll be fine. And, you know, and, and texting. And so I said, you know, I said to Arden, I was like, okay, this is going to do it. We're going to be home in a half an hour and start thinking about a snack that you want because I just gave you too much insulin. You, you know, like, like this, yeah. this is, this is, if we just sit pat after this, you're going to be 60 if I'm lucky two hours from now. And, and, we get home. Now it's like 160 diagonal down. I was like, did you think of what you wanted for, for a snack? She's like, I want you to pop me popcorn. So I was like, okay. So I just make it on the stove and in, in like a pot. And so I go do that. And by the time I bring her the popcorn, she's 96 one down. And I'm like, okay. Perfect. Yeah, you're right. So that's perfect. But the, the bigger point is, is that in the course of an hour, you know, it sucks that we missed and that her blood sugar was going to jump up, but her blood sugar jumped up and went right back again in an hour. And had I just been cautious about that ball, say I would have done the first unit and stopped, then I'm pretty certain her blood sugar would have went to 250 and I would have ended up giving her more insulin at that point. Yeah. You know, you know. And the, it, higher, the higher it gets, the more insulin it needs to come down. You use um, more units. I really believe that. That that's my finding with her is, and I like you said it, that, which was really cool to hear you say something that I've said. But um, high blood sugars are difficult to affect. They take more insulin than you imagine. You get a little scared because you don't want to do too much, so you you almost nickel and dime it for three and four hours before you finally get it to come down. And it still doesn't get to where you want it to be. But but a ninety six straight down you know, timed correctly, took a few handfuls of popcorn and, you know, waiting 15 minutes. And Arden slept last night, all night, her blood sugar was very steady around 112, all night. Like she just, you know, the popcorn went in, it caught her and we were good. Um, but, but again, without a glucose monitor, I'm not nearly that brave. You, you, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to even make those decisions if I could. I totally say, agree. Yeah. I mean, we would have a different, like we're very comfortable with eighties and seventies and especially when we know there's not a lot of insulin on board and, uh, you know, we're, we're fine with that. But if we didn't have a glucose monitor, we wouldn't be quite so brave. No, no. I, you know, and to the point is I saw a picture on, on Instagram yesterday and somebody took a picture of their meter and the blood sugar uh, was 82. And the caption was low blood sugar. And I was like, I thought, I thought the caption was going to be perfect. Per perfect blood sugar. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and, but then you realize like she doesn't, this person didn't have, doesn't have a glucose monitor. So she's, she thinks she's low or she feels, you know, that at 82 feels low for her because of, you know, because of the fear of getting lower, 
not not that 82 i mean unless you don't feel well at 82 but you know I, i'm with you if if arden's budget could be 82 all night long i would i'd be fantastic with that i mean she was 112 last night that's just because i didn't i didn't wake up you, you know there was no alarm so i slept right through but had i woken up at 10 o'clock and she was 112 I might have nudged it a little bit. You, you know what I mean? Like the tiniest little bit. It was so steady. Like, what if I could get this? What if I could get this to drop to 95? You know, like bang, bang, just the tiniest little bit of insulin. So, um, and so how is that overall working for you? Are you seeing A1Cs that you're happy with? Do you see a lot of lows? Yeah. So her A1C is usually in the high nines to low sevens. And I attribute that to probably, uh, it could probably be a little better, but we haven't quite worked out the school thing. Okay. So back when she was diagnosed, you know, she was around eight and we first started counting carbs and her teachers would count it or she would help out mm-hmm. and she would go to the nurse and get a shot. And one day when she was eight, she came home and, you know, nothing big was going on, but she walked up and she says, mom, she goes, I don't want to live like this. If I have to live like this, I don't want to live, you know, and it really got me. So we had a long talk. I think it came down to, uh, she explained at school that she would go to the nurse, maybe wait 10 minutes for a shot and she'd go back in and her friends were all sitting together. She'd have to sit at the table with the boys and then she would eat lunch and she'd be late going out to recess. And I realized this is not for her, what we're doing. Right. So we immediately changed things. So we drop her off and she's at a pretty good level. So she really doesn't need to do anything. So we started saying, you know what? She knew how to count carbs. We would say, just bolus about this much before, count your carbs after, and just do it all yourself. So she would go stand in line with her friends. She'd give herself a bolus and she would eat. And she was so much more happy. And also she wore the Dexcom. I said, you won't have to check your blood sugar at school if you wear the Dexcom. Unless you feel like you need to. You know, there's a reason to. We don't just check it to check it. Right, right. And so when we started managing it this way, she was so much more happy and also took a burden off of the uh, staff at the school, which I think was easier to do because she wasn't, you know, five. I think this is hard to do for a kid under a certain age. Well, certainly. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a, there's got to be some level of maturity and, and trust and understanding and all that, but it's, it's such a big chunk of the day. So you're, you're managing from, you know, a, a time in the afternoon until, she leaves her school again in the morning, which is 15 or 16 hours, and you're you're almost living one life with your blood sugar, and then she goes off to school, and it's a completely different one. And, and you know, you're looking at higher, more fluctuations, more odd timing of things. So you you have a share? You can see her CGM or no? Oh, we do. So we started out with the Night Scout. So mm-hmm. we got the G5. And once we got the G5, now we use that. You're using the share. Yeah, yeah I, but, I'm, I'm but looking the problem at, is she doesn't want to look at it as much. You know, she's busy with school. So if I text her, she's like, okay, mom, you know, I got it. Or I don't think she really wants to. Like, I get the feeling, like, with Arden, that you guys are at school, whereas we're not quite communicating as much. Okay. And I don't think she really necessarily wants to. She just wants to be a kid and go to class. And So our, so my text messages with Arden, like Arden's blood sugar is 111 right now. It's 1030 in the morning. She's been there for a couple of hours and we haven't, I'm actually going to look because I don't think we talk as much as you think or in as, as, um, I sent her a text at 844 that said bolus 0.50 and she said, okay. <laughs> and that was, so, so that, she keep it in class, her phone with her. 
Yes, it's always on her. I have um, Arden's iPhone is covered as a medical device in her 504 plan. So my daughter does keep it, and she goes to a private school, so they're very good at letting her do these types of things. Mm-hmm. I think my daughter's resistant. I don't think she wants to have her phone out and be different. Oh, okay. And and to look at it, but like I did call her. Like I know her schedule, so I called her this morning. So she had an egg and sausage for breakfast, hardly any carbs, and she hardly ate any of it. And then she was one fifty six going up when I, well, she was flat at one fifty six. I gave her point four units. I went to work before I came home to talk with you, and then it went up to 198. So right between next class, I called her, and she texted me, um, "I bullet mom, don't call me. I'm in. I'm in class." <laughs> uh, yeah, and see, I, and listen, Arden's going to be 12 this summer, and she's there's a little bit of that. It's you know, it, you know, it, yesterday, yesterday I wanted to bump her blood sugar. It was like 135, and I and I texted her. And she didn't answer. And she didn't answer. And she didn't answer for like 40 minutes. Now, I could have gotten her attention. There's way you can send like loud signals to the phone and stuff like that. Or I could have called or something. But I just thought, I'm not going to bother her. Her blood sugar is 130. She'll, she'll see the text at some point and we'll do something about it. Um, you know, if the blood sugar was more out of whack, then I would have persisted and got her on the phone. But, you know, I'm, I would send a text like, hello. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I'd be like, Arden. And, you know, and, and it was going like that. And when she, she answers back, it's what? And they're all kind of capital <laughs> letters. And I responded back. I said, well, I've been texting you for 40 minutes. Okay. And she, and so she, I, and I she, thought you had this perfect back and forth. <laughs> no, please. Because it's, they're little kids. She's like, I said to her, I'm like, I said, are your, are your, I remember texting her. I said, are your ringers up? Is your volume on? Because sometimes she'll like mute her phone or something. And she's like, no, they're all on it. It's just really loud in here. And I was like, okay. I mean, it's fair, you, you know, but at the same time, um, I've been in that situation where she doesn't hear it in class and I go into the find your iPhone app and send a signal to her phone, which like <laughs> makes it alarm and that she's really not happy about. She, oh, she, yeah, yeah, she, she doesn't like that at all. And, 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 and I'll just say to her, I'm like, look, you know, I get it, but whatever, you, you know, just like get over it. This is the situation because if you don't like this, then we're back to you going down to the nurse at certain times of the day and, checking in and you know and having her you you don't want that she's like no i definitely don't want that so i think it's a lesser of evils for her it is and and like it i was glad i called i maybe she would have got the text and did it anyway but she doesn't always respond so i maybe i just need to talk to her about that that way she knows i won't keep pinging her but Mm -hmm. i was glad because she got up to 198 and now she's back to 107 and so when she goes to lunch it's going to be great she because if you start off at 200 at lunchtime you know, you'll end up in the 300s. You start off at 100, you know, she may bump up to 160, 180, but yeah. it's much better. Because, especially because they're at school, because I'll admit this, if Arden was 200 before school, uh, before lunch at school, I'd be heavy handed, but not as heavy handed as I would be if she was home with me. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to dump a bunch of insulin on her at lunch to um, affect the 200 and for the food and have her not eat all of her food and not tell me or something like, you, you know, like that, I wouldn't want to leave that open to luck, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it just makes more sense. You know, the, the contact makes more sense. Like Arden's A1C is going to go up at her next test. Like I know it is. She's, she's heading into puberty pretty, you know, pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple of months to figure out 
what I needed to do with her basal rates, I got stuck in that loop where I was attacking, like I was always addressing higher blood sugars with boluses. Yes, and you could tell that's when you need a basal. And that's when you can tell you needed a basal adjustment, but it took me longer than it should have because there was an illness in there and there was this one week where it went back to to the way I expected it to be. So it, it didn't get consistent enough for me to do something about it. And uh, finally, I'm going to say about four weeks ago now, I, I looked and I was like, this is it. Like, this needs this. And I, I increased her basal rates pretty significantly. And we've been good again since then. I found nice levels and, and everything's fine again. But her A1C for the last two years has been between 5.9 and 6.2. Wow. I'm pretty sure this one's going to be more like 6.5 or 6.6. Six. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. And so... If that's the bump for having to figure out the beginning of puberty, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. That, that's not that's not a big, you know, disaster. Um, and we're back at it again. But it's just, it's different now. You know, there were nights she'd go to bed and everything looked great. And at like 3 o'clock in the morning, her blood sugar would just jump, you know, hundreds of points out of nowhere. Yeah, so, we've been having that too. Yeah. And it's tough because even if you catch it in time... You know, I mean, even if you catch it, and uh, you know, on on her Dexcom, my high uh, threshold's at 140 now. So, you know, even if I'm told at 140, hey, this is happening, but it's it, but it's trying to shoot up to 300. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, I can't come in at a 140 one up and and be aggressive like I know it's going to go to 300. I have to be aggressive like it looks like a 140 one up, and then then you're always playing from behind, and it's the middle of the night, and you know, it just. It, it didn't work out well. So I'm really happy to have the basal rates back again. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little more about the, like sort of that emotional side of it, because I recognize that, that, you know, I mean, you're, you're sort of more in the Midwest and and I'm on the East coast. And I recognize when I was talking to another mom yesterday for the podcast, that my style of parenting is pretty East coast. It's, 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 it's very much like, Oh, did that branch just fall on you? We'll stand up. <laughs> you know, and, and where yes. other people, other people do go, did the branch hurt you? And I'm like, we'll find out if it hurt her in a second after she stands up. And so, yeah. you know, and so, um, and so even when you were talking about the texting and she doesn't like the, you know, she doesn't like getting the texting in my heart. When you say that there's a little voice that in my, that goes, I don't care what she thinks about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and maybe that's what, what I should feel. But I, I guess I feel like, you know, I don't want to bug her too much at school because it, I mean, she is a kid. She needs to have that freedom and. Absolutely. And I'm saying, I think there's a lot of value in what you're saying and that I would benefit from having a better blend of that. Not that I, I don't want to come off like I'm like militaristic. I, I, I obviously care about Arden's well-being and her feelings and everything like that. But there are moments where I prioritize things against, you know, your blood sugar's 180. I don't want to get a text message. Well, I don't care that you don't want to get a text message as much as I don't want your blood sugar to be 180. So, you, you know, like, like that, that sort of thing. But I, sh- I would benefit a little more from what you just said from the, Hey, you know, it's okay. She's, you know, she's not looking for this, but, um, do you see any other, cause you talked about a couple of things so far. You said that, you know, because the, the bolusing at, at lunch was going so poorly in the past that she, she was make she made some pretty, that's a pretty strong statement. If this is what living's like, I don't want to do this. Let's talk about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump for a second. First of all, thanks to Omnipod for sponsoring the podcast and thank all of you for going to myomnipod.com forward slash demo and getting a free non-functioning, but demo pod kind of deal that you can you know, put on and check out and wear. I have received so many 
emails and photos from you guys recently in the last month or so. Like, hey, look at my demo pod. It's going great. We're going to go switch to the Omnipod. So many emails. We're switching the Omnipod. We're getting the Omnipod. So thank you. Thanks for supporting the podcast. But in general, don't, you know, it's not about that. It's about you guys living life untethered and and having uh, the ability to jump in a pool or do anything, anything you want. Split second, not carrying around a controller. So I'm going to tell you a quick story that I don't know if it'll sell the Omnipod or not, but it's a pretty good story. Arden has a friend over the other night. They sleeps over. Um, I know her pod is going to expire at about, I think it was about two in the morning or something like that, but but the girl stayed up really late and I didn't want to bother them. They were having such a good time. So they fall asleep and then there's a grace period after the pod expires of eight hours where it still works before, you know, it kind of gives you extra time to change it. And at the end of the grace period, the girls are still passed out of sleep in the middle of the morning and I have to change the insulin pump. So here's what I do. I get the pump already. You know, I put the insulin in and I prime it and everything. I do that outside of the bedroom. Then I sneak in, like slink, slink, slink in. I have a, a, a washcloth um, because, you know, clean the area up. And uh, it dries. I adhere the pod on, push the button. It inserts. I'm going to go past the ad music. And um, I take off the old pod. And Arden kind of opens her eyes and she looks at me. I said, I'm, I'm just changing your insulin bump and I don't want to wake up your friend. And she was like, okay. So she sat really still and then we smiled and she shut her eyes and went back to sleep. That entire thing took like two minutes. Omnipod, the only insulin pump that you can change while you're sleeping without waking up your sleepover buddy. That should be their tagline. I don't know why they don't change it right now. Omnipod, please get to that. Thanks to Omnipod for sponsoring the episode. Thanks to you guys for checking out Omnipod, myomnipod.com forward slash demo, or the links in the show notes. Let's get back to Sharon. The ad was weird without the music, huh? I'm very musical. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, that was the whole, I think it was the way it was being managed too hard on her. I mean, right. and I think you got to find a good balance. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess I worry. I see some of the parents online, how they're saying, you know, I had this 504. The teacher has to do this. The nurse has to do this. All these people at school have to do all these things. And then and I'm thinking, well, what is that putting on the, uh, the people at school? You know, all the, the teachers and the staff. And then what is that doing to your kid? Because now the kid has to go down and now they're feeling different. And it was such a big relief when we changed the way we managed. And she had a big say. So she goes, Mom, I don't want to have to check my blood sugar this many times with the finger, you know, doing a... Uh, with the Lancet. Right. And she said, I just want to be able to line up like everybody else does and stand in the lunch line and eat and not have to go to the nurse. Yeah. I, I would say that Arden now has not, it's we're midway through sixth grade, right? And she hasn't been to the nurse since the last day of second grade. Yeah. That's and, about when we quit right yeah. around second grade. And, and she would just, I think she'd be mortified if she had to go back and forth to that nurse's office like that. So, I mean, so listen, so you said something kind of important I want to go back to. <clears throat> you said you see online that people seem to be overly, in your opinion, kind of like overly prepared. And I think that's just, I think it's this. I think online's a bit of a microcosmos. And I think that it attracts a lot of newer diagnosed people or people who are still trying to struggling to find their way or their balance or whatever it is, which makes complete sense to me. And yeah. I think it's a, it's an, a fantastic um, tool and resource for those people. But if I look back, you know, if I can remember back far enough to when Arden was, you know, going into kindergarten, 
I was probably like that too. You know, I was probably, you know, like, Hey, this is the 504 plan. You have to follow. And when she was in mm-hmm. kindergarten, I made them, um, I made an aide like, like the, an aide had to go retrieve her from class and take her to the, to the nurse's office. And when she went out to play on the playground, the aide had to go with her. Like she didn't stand next to her, but she was on the playground kind of looking over her. Yeah. And that ended up being necessary when Arden was five. But then the next year, when we went back into the 504 plan, I was like, look, you don't need the aid anymore. Like, you can let that go now. You know, and I think that what you're not seeing and what we all don't see when we're online is that I bet you that a lot of the people you're seeing who who look very, what's a good word, overprotective, uptight, like one of those adjectives in there, right, that appear like that. I bet you if you went and found them 18 months from now, they wouldn't be like that anymore. But the thing is is that 18 months from now, they're not online anymore about diabetes. They're back to their lives, you, you know? And I think that's one of the really kind of beautiful things about it. Like, you know, my blog's been up for a really long time. And people come, I, I recognize names, and they're around for three months, for six months. And then there's this day where you just get the feeling from them, like they've soaked up enough information and they don't want to spend the rest of their lives online talking about diabetes. They want to go back now, take what they've learned, and live a regular life. And that makes me happy. I mean, I, I like that. It's tough because you got to find new people to read your blog all the time. But <laughs> there's no shortage of people getting type 1 diabetes, sadly. So that's not <laughs> such a problem. But but it's interesting to see that it, it, it online's almost like a, a place where you... You know, it's like you're a sponge and you show up rock hard and dry and, and you get, you know, you get full. And when you're full, you leave. And I think that's great. But when people are looking, you can get the kind of the, you only get one angle of the view, I guess. Does that make sense? No, I, that, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I, I totally see that. Yeah. Yes, I but, agree. But in the same moment, it's tough because when you're slightly ahead on the curve from someone else, and you really do have that benefit of time. You could, re- you feel like you should reach back to them and say, "Hey, you know, I know you're upset right now, but trust me, you're not going to feel like this next year. Like, relax a little bit." But there's no good way to say that to somebody. And then, so do you get that feeling? Because it happens to me too. You see somebody in a panic that probably doesn't need to be. It feels yeah. it hurt. It hurts you a little bit, right? It does, and sometimes you don't know you want to say something, but you don't know what to say because you realize you've been there and you're. It's hard to know what to say. Yeah, and because well, it takes time. Yeah, and how would those words, even if you pick the perfect words, would they be accepted correctly? And you know, I, I just we I talked yesterday with some with uh, another person, and I don't know in what order these are going to go up, but we brought up a situation. We didn't really speak about it with much detail, but where somebody was kind of making the claim that there was this you know event that happened and their kid's life was saved. And <laughs> when I looked at the blood sugar that was involved, I was like, I don't know. That's not a die. I mean, it's not a good blood sugar, but it wasn't dire. No one was about to die, you, you know, and, and, yes. and right. And I think that if you take that same person and put them in that experience five years from now, they would not say that this child's life was just saved. They would say, my kid got low and drank a juice box, you, you, you know, so um, a lot of its perspective and how much time you're involved. And, and it's completely understandable until you go through terrible situations like that enough times that you recognize how to handle them without panicking and without thinking they're more than they are that I think that response is completely reasonable. I, you know, I've, 
certainly had thoughts in my head like, wow, I just saved my daughter's life with an Oreo. But, you know, now I look back and my, my 10 year old, much older self looks back and goes, I probably didn't save her life with an Oreo. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, so, okay. So now that your daughter's got a different management plan at lunch, is her overall like emotional state, is it better than it was now? Oh, absolutely. Um, so we, we started to try to push diabetes more towards the background mm-hmm. because it, it just seemed like it made more sense to, you know, the more you dwell on something, the, the bigger it is. And that's helped. Excellent. And so, and so does she do other stuff? Like she have, like, is she a sports person or what does oh, she yeah, do? Oh yeah, she time? plays lots of sports. She plays soccer, uh, travel soccer, and she played a little bit of basketball and some volleyball. And so she's pretty athletic. So, so your daughter and my daughter are very similar in age. So travel, I have a question about travel soccer. So do you, are you always at games or does she go by herself sometimes? We're pretty much, we like to stay at the games because we like to watch her, but we've dropped her off at practice and we'll be, you know, we'll go off with our younger child. So we don't feel like because she has diabetes, we have to be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming up on that right now where I'm about to make a, a personal leap. I, I can feel, I have to, it's the right time, but Arden's going to try out for her school softball team on Monday and I, she will likely make the team. And then I get put into a situation where she's going to have practice every day after school. But across the town, my son's going to be actually starting and playing for his high school baseball team. And oh, not nice. that I don't love Arden, but I don't need to watch her practice while <laughs> my son is playing. Absolutely. And, right? and I would rather go watch his games. And at the same time, we've, I've been so involved in sporting situations that this is going to be a new learning experience for both of us because she's not, you know, she's not normally involved in this kind of decision-making. And we are slightly behind on that from other people with kids the same age, because I've taken such a, just hand it over slowly, hand it over slowly. And then when a big thing comes up, then we kind of take a leap, but this is it. This is a leap right here. It's coming up on that right now. So I need you to give me some advice, I guess. Like what do you, how do you handle her being on a field running around? Are you still shooting for the same blood sugars or does your well, idea of that change? Maybe not quite as low when I know I'm not going to be there, but I'm not certainly not high. I try to look at it as after time, you, know, you get a feel for the adrenaline kicks in and she actually rises a little bit. So the odds that she's going to drop a lot, um, you know, she does drop sometimes. But uh, we also have friends or the coach also knows that, hey, if she's not looking good, you know, tell her to, you know, have some candy or eat something. So you have other people there kind of looking out, too. Yeah, I mean, they don't look at a lot because, you know, it's probably not the first thing on their mind. Sure. But they would notice if she's looking a little spaced out or looking like, you know, a little and white in the face. Do you or, have any contact with her when you're separated when she's playing? Like, do you guys ever, does she check in or? Not when she's playing sports. She won't really get on her phone or, or, or check in. Now, she would, I think, if she felt like she needed to, she'd probably say, you know, I have to go call and she would probably call us, so. She'd probably be okay doing that. She really doesn't because she's pretty good at taking care of things by herself. But she's That's the leap we have to get to right now. Right now, uh, the decisions that we make to get, um, are, are very much together at this point. Arden and I you know, make them together. There's yeah. a bunch of times where I'll say to her, what do you think you should do now? 
and she'll get it exactly right. But then mm-hmm. there's once in a while, I'm like, what do you think you should do here? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm like, okay, well, I was thinking because of this, we might do this. And, and it's more, to me, it's all teaching. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? And, and at the same time, this is going to be a new, this is a new wrinkle. Because right now, you know, she's in class. And if I call her phone, she'll answer it. But she's going to be, if she's on a softball field, there's a high likelihood that she, you know, she won't answer. She won't hear. She won't know. So is it going to be as simple as, you know, I have the coach's phone number and I can text her if I need to? It really might be that simple. And yeah, and I, I think the more they do it, the better they get. Like, for instance, we went to a birthday party. Uh, Lisa went to a birthday party. And so it's a bunch of fifth graders. And I have my younger daughter with me. And she, you know, we weren't going to hang out there. So we left her. And they played laser tag. Uh, they had cupcakes and Sprite or a soda, some type of a soda. Mm-hmm. And we came back two hours later and picked her up. And of course, I watched her blood sugar on you know, Dexcom. On my phone, and when I picked her up, she was 150. So my daughter and I were—we were only a few miles away. We were at the mall walking around, right, right. And the uh, uh, the laser tag was just a few miles away. It's it's so funny you say that because two Fridays ago, Arden went to a birthday party that was laser tag. It was the uh. same situation. And the only difference between what you did and what I did was when she ate she texted me a picture of this food and she's like, how much do you think this is? And, and I gave her a random idea of how much insulin I thought it was. That was the, you know, and the same thing. I think we picked her up two hours later and her blood sugar was good because I took her right from that party to ice skating. Oh, wow. And so I was like, wow, this is going to test all of our theories here. So, so, you you know, so she went to this, she dropped her at the laser tag. Actually, she got a ride to the laser tag with another girl. Um, we had her blood sugar was really good going into it. It was like 96 and she went in there and then it was, Hey dad, there's going to be pizza in a couple of minutes. And I was like, okay, bolus. I said, you're going to eat like a whole slice. And she said, yes. And I said, go do 30 carbs then. And then, you know, I watched, you know, I didn't watch, but I didn't get any alarm. So we were good. And I think I was here cooking like back at the house. And then it was an hour later and she's like, there's desserts coming out. And she sends me this picture of like this big cupcake and, and I was like, is that like, and I remember texting back and saying, is that bigger or smaller than your fist? Because, you know, it's just a photo of it. I was like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how big that is. And then I said, can you eat that whole thing? And she goes, probably not. And that's such an inspecific statement about a cupcake. <laughs> and I'm so, but see, there's where kind of the things that I, I talk about and preach a little bit come in handy. That's when I can go, all right, Arden's not much of a sweets person. She's, it's not like she's going to want to clear all the icing off the top of it and just eat that. She's going to have a little bit of that icing and she's going to eat probably three quarters of the cake that's underneath of it. And I bet you that's going to be this much insulin. And okay. so I sent her, I said, I want you to bolus 1.7 units for that. And she was like, okay. And we were good. You, you, you know, I picked her up on the way to ice skating. I said, um, she started drifting down. And so I said, uh, Hey, what's in that grab bag? And she's like, there's Welch's fruit snacks. And I was like, eat like seven of them. (laughs) And I said, and then twist them up and put the rest of them in your purse. And she had a juice box with her. And then I dropped her off at ice skating and they went in and ice skated for two hours. And then they were home. She was gone for from five till 10. And in between there was ice skating, laser tag, cupcakes, and pizza. I don't think her blood sugar ever went over 140 or under 80. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, so, and, and, but that's time. It is time. Yeah. I like, remember when I picked up my daughter, she's like, 
I check out my blood sugar, mom. She goes, I think I did better than you do. <laughs> you know what? Be like, great. Don't don't get too boastful about that because I'll back out of this job quite easily. <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy to be done with this. And and but but you know, like for people who are listening, like I want the, I want you to understand that if you're not at that space, that what I just said about our blood sugar, that shouldn't seem like that shouldn't be depressing. That should be like hopeful. That should be like, wow, I'm going to get to that at some point because you yeah. really, because everybody will, you, you know, like you, you will get to it at some point and you can even say, well, I don't have a glucose monitor and you do. And to that, I might say, if you can get one, get one, that would be great. But if you can't, there are also plenty of people who don't have them who are achieving things like this. Yeah. And also that it's not a full-time thing. I mean, it's her blood sugar is not by all means always that way. Like the other day, it hit 400 at school, and I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, gee, it's 400. I'm texting her, you know, hey, look, this is high. And she says, Mom, I've been, I've been dosing and dosing, and it's not coming down. And so finally, it went down below 200. I picked her up, and I thought, okay, we've got it under control. She ate something. You know, we dosed more. She ate, and it pegged out at 400. And it came out by the end of the day that really the pod just was not – working as well. So I was going to ask you, we didn't mention it. Is she using an insulin pump? She wears an Omnipod. Yeah. And so were you at sort of at the, uh, I find that too, like it towards the end of the 72 hours, you, you, there's so many different reasons why, and I'm sure people with tube insulin pumps find the same thing. This, the infusion set stops working quite as well. And there's a tipping point where you have to sit. Cause when you started describing that, I thought, Oh, she needs an insulin pump change. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And And that's what it was. Yeah. And so, so it's funny, um, this happened, Arden, there was a, God, what do they call it? Teacher, like parent-teacher conferences during the day. So they all had half days for a couple of days. And so there was this one half day coming up. And I, as she went to school, I thought, boy, I bet we should change that pump now. Nah, it's, she's going to be gone for four hours. It'll be okay, you know. <laughs> and, and at yeah. 11 o'clock, her, her blood sugar just started drifting up. It was like that diagonal up arrow that you couldn't affect. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, okay, this is gonna. And then, like you said, two hundred, and she's like, Dad, we're gonna, you know, they moved lunch around because of the half day, so I'm gonna be eating in a half an hour. She's like, when do you want a pre bowls? And I said, I'm gonna come get you when your last class is over. I said because you, she had a class, then lunch, then gym, and she was leaving. And I said mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure that pump's not right anymore, and your blood sugar is gonna get, it's gonna be four hundred if we try to eat while we're there. And she's so funny. She's like, I don't want to leave school. And I was like, my son would have been like, I'll leave whenever you need me to leave, you know? And so, and so I said, now, you know what, Arden? I'm like, let's get you home. We'll change your, we'll change your pump, get your blood sugar on its way down and we'll go out and have lunch together. And she was like, okay. And you know that she was happy with that. Now I get to the school and I was talking about this with a friend of mine yesterday because we were talking about sticking up for yourself a little bit. So I get to the school and I go up to the window and I say, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm picking up Arden Benner unexpectedly. Like I didn't call ahead or send a note or anything like that. Um, but I'm going to be taking her out of school now and she's not going to be coming back. She's only missing lunch and gym. And uh, the woman's like, okay, why are you picking her up? And I kind of looked back at her and I was like, Do, I don't really need to tell you why I'm picking her up. But, I was, but I'm like, Become her parent. yeah, yeah. I'm like, cause I like, she's mine. I made her like, and we're leaving now, you, you know? And so, and, but I just was like, I have a nice relationship with these people. I didn't want to be, I said, Hey, you know what? Her insulin pump is kind of at the end of its life and her blood sugar is getting high and I want to get her home before it gets too high and get it changed. And she looks at me and she goes, okay, I'll call her. She can go to the nurse. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, no, no. 
I've already texted her, first of all. She's going to come directly here instead of going to lunch. And, and we're going to leave now. Well, I'd really like the nurse to see her. And I said, I looked at her and I said, I got to be honest with you. I don't care what you want. So I pointed to the list. And, you know, of the people signing out, there was a little kid's name ahead of mine. And, I, you know, I won't say the kid's name, but, you know, I said, well, you know, this little girl here, you know, Kathy Jones, did her mother have to tell you why she was taking her daughter out of school? Yeah. And she goes, no. And I said, well, it says here she was going to a doctor's appointment. Did she visit the nurse before she left? And she <laughs> goes, no. And I said, I don't understand what you're saying to me then. Why does my daughter, why do you want her to go to the nurse? I don't want her to go to the nurse. I said, look, if maybe this is a misunderstanding, a diabetes misunderstanding. Arden is not in any dire situation. She's fine. We just need to go home and change her insulin pump. And because of the timing of the day and their classes that are left, she's not coming back. If, if the day was a full day, I would have probably just brought a pump to school. And we would have just changed it there in the nurse's office. And so... And so she, she gets very insistent. She said, well, I'm going to have to get the principal. I was like, I don't care who you get. I'm like, when wow. she comes to the office, we're leaving. And so the principal comes out. I explained it to him. And he says, he's like, he understood. And he was like, no, whatever. It's fine. You know, have a good day. But I was in the office by then, not just standing at the window anymore. And he goes back into his office. And the, the, the woman at the desk comes up to me. And she calls my name. And she says, I, I wasn't trying to cause you any trouble. I'm just trying to do my job. And I, and she's like, I hope you're not upset. And I said, listen, I'm not upset. You go ahead and do your job all you want. I said, I hope you're not upset. I felt like I did what I needed to do. And she's like, absolutely. And it was funny how I realized that we, we were in this interaction that she didn't even believe in. She just was doing what she thought she was supposed to be doing. And, and, and once we talked about it back and forth a little more, I was like, wow, how, how interesting is that? If I would have just said to her, okay, do whatever you want, Arden would have gone to the nurse's office and this would have all been for no reason whatsoever other than the lovely woman at the front office at my daughter's school thought that's what she should be doing. Yeah, see, I probably would have just said, well, I'm just going to take her out to lunch early. <laughs> I, I was very close to being like, none of this is any of your business, so just shut up. And and and, and But at the same time, Listen, Arden's going to be in that school district a long time. I'm not looking to, to you know, make yeah. make enemies with anybody, especially over a misunderstanding. But I really, I said to my friend the other day, I was like, that's a situation where just a lot of people would not have stuck up for themselves. Oh, you're right. And, and it's good to stick up for yourself, but especially. Well, especially because look what was going to happen. A bunch of stuff that was meaningless was going to happen afterwards. Arden's blood sugar would have went from 200 to 250 by the time she went through the nurse's office. And because you know what would have happened? The nurse would have walked out into the office with Arden and said, hey, you need to take her home and change her insulin. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have been like, oh, thank you. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been like, why do I have to do I don't know what I would do without you people. Thank you so much. And so it just, it was just, I don't know why I brought that up, but it's just, it's very, you know, there's, I guess it's because I've talked to a couple of people this week and, and, um, who are in the same situation and they, they just, they got it. They got pushed back from somebody in a, in a position of power. And instead of pushing back, they just kind of went with it. And, and I just want to say to people, it's okay to exert yourself a little bit and you don't have to be a jerk while you're doing it either. Uh -huh. Like you can, you know, you can maintain a, a calm. No one's out to get you. And it, sometimes it feels like that. It's already, the diabetes is already so overwhelming and now someone else is coming at you. It feels like an attack, but it's just a great example of that woman. She didn't even believe what she was saying. She just, 
she just said what she thought she was supposed to be saying. So yeah. I don't know. So, so you, you said call a lot when you talk to, when you talk to your daughter, when she's at school, you say, so you don't text very much. Is it? Well, more? I text, but she doesn't always text back. So then I might, I may call if I really want her to change, you I know, see. to, you know, give herself insulin or something. How, how involved is your husband in all of this? Oh, he's very involved. So we both work. And in fact, I, I have to say I'm kind of crabby if I don't get a lot of sleep. So he tends to get up more at night than I do. <laughs> and That's uh, very nice. And I tell him, I said, don't be a martyr. You know, I, you know I, maybe I don't want to get four or five nights in a row, but you don't need to be doing it so many nights in a row. But he, he's very involved. We're both, we change things all the time. And, you know, it's pretty, uh, we're pretty equally involved. But but you are you in the when everyone's in the house does it fall to one of you over the other one? No, it it falls to like if he all of a sudden he's hungry and he's going to give her something he'll walk over and he will pre bolus her, and so it's just whoever's there. But we're on the same page. We're very you know in tune to each other, and so it's really it's it's pretty transparent. We just whoever does it does it. That's cool. I still find it difficult to hand it back and forth. Uh, because I find that like if you were the last person involved, like you may have put something in motion or had an idea about what was going to happen next, and then the next person doesn't know that. So that that's the part. So you guys are you guys are doing great. That's, I, I was wondering about that because I still I struggle with that between my wife and I sometimes. Where you know she's like, well, I didn't know you did that, and I'm like, well, yeah, or I'm like, I didn't know you did that, and, and, and <laughs> you know, then it changes what happens next. Yeah, so we'll just pick up the uh, you know the control for the Omnipod. We'll we'll pick it up. We'll say, oh yeah, you must have dosed her for. Or I'll ask him, hey, did you dose for dinner? And he'd be like, oh yeah, I dosed. Or he'll say, did you dose? No, okay, go ahead. We'll discuss how much to give and we'll move forward. So it's it's very, you know, just a back and forth communication and very quick. And, and we both do it the same way. We have a feel for. You know, okay, she's a little bit high starting this. We need to pre-bolus. Let's give a little bit of extra. You know, and we're we're pretty much on the same page the way we manage diabetes yeah. and the way we you know deal with everything. So I always think it's a little unfair to my wife because so much of the decisions I make are based on my vibe for the moment, and that's not fair to expect someone else to know. You you, you know what I mean? So yeah. I always find like she's a little at a disadvantage when that happens. Yeah, but you know that's because you, you know you. It sounds like. You know, she's at work sometimes, and you're doing some of this, so she can't have as much of a tuition intuition of what's going oh, on. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not; it's just the way it is. But and I don't think it's. I completely agree with you, and the, the one the one caveat is, is that it doesn't stop her from feeling badly about it, and that's the part that you can't help. Like I think she feels like a little guilty that that it doesn't it didn't come to her like that. And but she's like you said, she's a we're we're in a different situation. I am a stay at home dad, and she works, so. You know, everything that happens for Arden's blood sugar overnight, all day long, until my wife gets home tonight at six o'clock is not something she has, you know, any knowledge of whatsoever. So, yeah. And I mean, and she probably, I can see how she would probably feel bad about that. Yeah. It's just, I think that's like, you know, that's like, like mom guilt, maybe a little bit, you know, <laughs> just, oh, it probably you, is. Yeah. You want to know. Cause I get guilt to you, you know, I feel guilt when, my husband's getting up four or five nights in a row and then he wakes up one morning and I look at him I'm like, man, he is tired. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why didn't you just give me, you know, why didn't, you know, let me take control of it this night? You know, why, why go that long? You know, we should be passing it back and forth. But I think he, he doesn't want, uh, 
a little crabbiness, I guess, from me. From he'd rather, you're saying he'd rather be he'd rather be exhausted than see you a little tired. Is that the thing? <laughs> That's probably it. <laughs> yeah, I know we had um, a situation a couple Sundays ago where um, Sunday's the one day my wife can sleep in and kind of get her rest back for the week. So I get up, you know, it, the dogs got me up, and then I was up at like seven in the morning and. And by 11, you know, after a shower and sleeping in, my wife comes downstairs and, and she's like, what's up for today? And I'm like, I think I'm going to have an aneurysm and die. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm like, I think that's my plan for today because I'm, I'm my head's swimming and I don't feel well. And she looked at me and she's like, just go back to bed. You, you know, she's like, you, she's like, I'll be all right today. She's like, just go ahead and back to bed. And, and I was like, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll just go take a shower and I'll be okay. I took a shower and then laid down in bed and then woke up at five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so I, I got to say, I love back away for, I think, your son's uh, baseball for yeah. a week and how all the guys were saying what they're going to do. And you said, I'm going to sleep. And I thought, I just, I thought that was great because like my husband went away for three weeks to Europe on travel. And so I was doing this up. You know, like I was up one night like five times every hour and a half. Right. And you know, I I sort of related to your. You know, I'm going to sleep. I'm serious. When when we're here, I'm going to sleep. And I just I just thought that was hilarious. They were so excited. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I was equally, if not more, excited <laughs> about the concept of going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. To the point where my son had to come to me one day and it's like, we're not just gonna like play baseball and sleep all week, are we? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm okay. Like it'll be good. And. Yeah, it just and I was at a deficit. It had been a really long time, so I, I was I was surprised at how much better I felt when it was over. I really couldn't believe that you could be that exhausted and not not really know it completely. You, you know, so it it almost felt like addiction. Like you slide into it slowly. You don't know how mm-hmm. how much it has a hold of you, and and you're now accustomed to living at this deficit, and so you're not even aware it's a deficit anymore. I was like. I was completely, I had like jello in my brains by then. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember there's been times where like I'll hear the alarm going off at night and I look over and my husband's sound asleep, just sleeping right through a, a little alarm. But it's because he's been up so many nights in a row and he needs to sleep. And so I tried lately to uh, take over some of that for him. I hear my name a lot when I sleep through the alarms. Scott, do you hear that? Scott, you, <laughs> I hear, I hear, I hear him getting off. I, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, well, you know, listen, hopefully, if you listen back a couple episodes, and there's a bunch of people talking about, like, artificial pancreas stuff now being, like, a 2018 possibility, that sounds like it should take care of the low blood sugars, and, you know, maybe I can stop aging two years for every year I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that, because I can't imagine my daughter doing this for the rest of her life, for the next 80 years. I think about that, and I'm like, wow. No, I do too. And that is something I actually said to Jeffrey Brewer when I was talking to him, which is I need I need somebody to come up with something like this now because I don't want my daughter to live like I'm living, and I don't want her... I, I really don't want her to get older one day and realize that this is how I spent a lot of my life when she was younger. Because yeah, I, I think, think I heard you say that. I think a, that's going to make podcast. her feel bad. I real and I really do. So I I, I want to try to avoid that for her. But well, that encapsulated beta cells too. So I'm looking forward to all these. I take any of that. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Well, Sharon, you were delightful. I um, I I I'm so thrilled that you reached that you were excited to do this, and and I'm sorry that I got on the phone with you a little late today. I'm sorry I'm a little behind on your time schedule, but I thought this was fantastic. Am I not saying anything that you wanted to talk about? 
Oh, no, no. I just want to say that I appreciate your podcast. I, and I appreciate the variety that you have on your podcast from, you know, interviewing CEOs to parents and also to people with diabetes on all different stages. And it made me think differently about, you know, that I know I'm at a particular stage, but there's others at all different stages. And I appreciate your variety. Oh, that means a lot to me. I appreciate your words. Thank you so much. I just... I just do it the way it occurs to me. So um, I'm glad it's working out for you because I, I, even as a blogger, I'm, I'm terrible. Like they say like, Oh, you should blog on this day. And I'm like, Oh, I can't do that. You know, like, you know, like I, I can, when I have something to say, I can say it. And, and I, I kind of try to do the same thing with this, you know, what, what makes sense at the time and just, you know, is more about how I'm thinking about the diabetes. So maybe it's just matching up. Maybe we all kind of think about it the same way and are in the same seemingly random pattern that's maybe not all that random so i'm I'm thrilled that you're enjoying it and i'm thrilled that you're on because now your stories will will do the same thing for somebody else so thank well you thanks for having me on no Bye. thank you so much i hope you have a great weekend okay you too bye bye i have to say from a podcast episode that started with let's see where it goes it went in a lot of great places and i think it turned out really well sharon was fantastic let's thank her and uh, you know send our best to her daughter and her family all right what else here oh nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice medical or otherwise i have a <clears throat> frog in my throat now do i <clears throat> do i re-record that or just i'm probably gonna let it go let's be honest Thanks to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Please go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo to get your very own demo pod. I mean, you just kind of like plug in your name and your address. There's no obligation and they send it to you. Um, I mean, that sounds easy. And uh, then you're like, you know, you put it on, you go, wow. So insulin pumps don't have tubes, not all of them. Well, this is cool. Hey, also, Omnipod's on uh, the social medias now. Check them out on Twitter and Facebook, my Omnipod. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, etc. thingy, Twitter, Facebooky thing. And uh, that's at Arden's Day or at Juicebox Podcast. Been a lot of great um, reviews you guys have been leaving on iTunes lately, and I want to say thank you for that. The last one almost knocked me over, just was wonderful. Uh, and it's really cool to hear that the podcast is doing what I intended it to do. I hope you enjoyed this one, and I'll see you next week. Oh, here comes Basil. Basil, anything to say, buddy? Come here. Come here. Would you like to, like, snortle into the microphone for a second? Hold on. Let me move it a little closer. There you go. What do you got? Yeah. Anything else? Really? That's interesting. One more time, just for everybody. You should see his little tail going. It's crazy. All right. See you guys next week.